we've had some issues around the house pop up, but the emergency funds truly, truly helped with that. And it, it, it gets kind of funny sometimes um, when you don't have an emergency fund, which we didn't for many, many years. And whenever something would pop up, we just would have to pull money from here, pull money from there, uh, maybe even borrow some money and pay it back uh, to some family members. But having that emergency fund saved us, I think, three times. Our water heater suddenly went out. Um, our basement floor flooded. And there was one other. Oh, our refrigerator uh, went out. So having that emergency fund and being able to just use that and then at our leisure put back into it it was almost like we were looking at each other like wow this feels strange but it feels good Welcome to Real Stories, Journeys of Financial Wellness. I'm your host, Krista Lugazima. As we did last month, today we'll be catching up with two of our former guests. When one makes strides paying off their debt and building savings, it sets them up to weather life's curveballs and gives someone the foundation to reach other life goals, such as a growing family, as we'll hear about with Lavelle, or a marriage, as we'll hear about with Nina. Lavelle shared his story back in episode 22, which we'll link out to in our show notes and blog post. While he originally got into debt by swiping like a ninja, he eventually worked with Green Path to pay down his debt. The resulting financial stability helped him and his new wife start off on the right foot. Let's catch up with him to see what he and his family have been up to. Lavelle, welcome back to Real Stories. So glad you could join us here again today. And uh, I wanted to just give our listeners a an update on what's been going on in your life and your family's life, both personally and financially, since we last spoke. Um, so I do remember that uh, when we last spoke, you had a, a relatively a newborn child. You uh, were recently debt-free. I know you still had some student loans that you were working on, but what's been going on in your life? Well, first of all, thank you, Chris, for having me back. I, it was an honor the first time, and I'm honored to be back again. Um, yeah, so a lot has happened since we last spoke. That little, little one is now almost three years old, and he is a ball of energy. And um, he keeps me running and, and, and rushing, but it is a absolute joy uh, dealing with him. And we recently found out that we are expecting another. Yes. So we are excited about that. Um, Emmanuel's birthday is in August and the new baby is due in August as well. So August is going to be a busy month for us. Busy, but uh, <laughs> some nice consolidation for your finances for all the parties, right? So big saver. Absolutely. If, if my wife is on board with it. I was like, hey, let's just do one party for both. And she's like, no, they need their own separate parties. So we'll see how it works out. <laughs> so how like was the you had uh, there were some student loans that you all were working on. How's that progressed? All right. Well, 
I am extremely happy to say that we are now 100% debt free. Um, all the credit cards were paid off when we spoke and now all the student loans are done. Um, it was a, a, a just by happenstance, my wife went to the doctor and ran into an old teacher of hers from a school that um, was under investigation. And um, her former teacher told her, if you go to this website and apply because that school was under investigation, that they may wipe your debt out. And so we went on the website, filled it out and months passed, months, 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 almost a year passed. And then we finally got the message that they were completely wiping out her student loan debt. So now we are completely 100 percent debt free. Wow. What have you been doing with with the money that was previously earmarked to go to the student loan? Yes. So we have been saving. <laughs> we have uh, built up. We, we had an emergency fund, but we've um, built up our fully funded emergency fund. Um, and then we are putting some monies aside because we want to be able to move sometime in the next two years. Our house is uh, a small house, but it is getting cramped with me, my wife, uh, the soon coming two children and our three cats. So, <laughs> yes, we are definitely looking to move. Yes, yes. And you said that's the, the amazing thing, right, is all these blessings coming into your life still come with price tags, right? So, yeah, yes. uh, good thing that you got the savings and you're, you're preparing for that. Um, so with that said, what would you say are some of your, your goals, uh, financially speaking, at this point? Well, at this point, we definitely want to save for a house and we want to start. Well, we've already started putting some money away for our first child's uh, college fund. And we're going to be pouring into the second child's college fund. We want to make sure that they are completely taken care of when they do get to that age. And if they you know, decide not to go to college, then that'll just be their money to do with, you know, whatever they see fit. But we just want to, you know put them in that position because we didn't have that. So we want to make sure that they're in that position to be able to go to school and not accumulate uh, student loan debt, because that was uh, something that took me over 10 years to pay off. And uh, we, we would have paid off hers. Um, we had a plan um, to pay hers off, but since we didn't have to, we were able to take that money and put it into our, fully funded emergency fund. My wife loves to travel. So we want to put, we're uh, starting to put small amounts away for some nice trips that we can, uh, you know, go on and just kind of enjoy ourselves while we're still young. Wonderful. Wonderful. And like, have you experienced any frustrations financially uh, since we last spoke? No, we have not actually. Um, well, we've had some Issues around the house pop up, but the emergency funds truly, truly helped with that. And it, it gets kind of funny sometimes um, when you don't have an emergency fund, which we didn't for many, many years. And whenever something would pop up, we just would have to pull money from here, pull money from there, uh, maybe even borrow some money and pay it back uh, to some family members. But having that emergency fund saved us. I think three times our water heater suddenly went out. Um, our basement 
floor flooded and there was one other. Oh, our refrigerator uh, went out. So having that emergency fund and being able to just use that and then at our leisure put back into it. It was almost like we were looking at each other like, wow, this feels strange, but it feels good. So, yeah, uh, it's amazing. Like, like life still happened. Right. It's not like suddenly like the unexpected, the catastrophes around the house like didn't happen. It's just is a completely different mindset when you're in the position that you all worked so hard to put yourselves in. Absolutely. Um, I always say Murphy, our friend Murphy will always show up. (laughs) so murphy's law is going to happen something is going to happen and it's just best to be prepared and for 80 percent of my life i was not prepared so this feels good to be able to just you know be prepared and then at our leisure kind of pour back into that emergency fund for the next time murphy decides to visit us he's coming back soon that's for sure (laughs) um No, I know a a huge theme in our first conversation was about how your desire to just be of service to others, to help others, was a large contributing factor to the accumulation of your debt at the time. And I was just curious, now that you've uh, put yourself and your family, and not just you, you know, you, your wife have put your, your family in a much firmer financial footing, how has that aspect of your life changed? Because I'm, I'm imagining, of course, that you don't change as a person. You still have that same desire to, to help others. What does that look like? You know, we still are givers and we still like helping people. But uh, there was a, a famous bishop that preached a message entitled, When Helping You is Hurting Me. And that resonated with me. Um, That, you know, sometimes we sometimes we have to say no. But I think the best thing about being in the position we're in is that we're able to help people with knowledge like this isn't this, you know, us giving our testimony about how we became debt free. This is something that our family members saw us go through. They witnessed us go through. This is not some man on TV some woman on uh, uh, in the newspaper, they, they physically saw us going through what we went through and it makes it attainable to them. So we still love to help people, but we help them with knowledge. What can we do to help you get out of debt? So instead of giving you money, we've given you the knowledge of what we went through so that you can attain and get there too. Because it, it's attainable and we are living witnesses of that what what's so cool to hear that is it's it's really uh promoting wealth and i don't just mean in the financial sense on both ends both to yourself right because now you're you're able to prioritize those things so that when the refrigerator breaks that you're in a position to handle it right but it's also empowering other people uh, in a in a different way than you used to to do, not because your intention has changed, but just because you know you're you're there supporting them in other ways. Absolutely, I, I would love to see um, more people in the position that we're in. Um, people that I know are struggling and going through. Um, I would love to see them in this position because I was there. And there's a famous proverb that says. Something to the effect of if you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. But if you teach a man to fish, then he'll eat for a lifetime. 
So we're just really trying to spread the knowledge of what we went through to our family members, to our friends, and even on further than that to strangers. And, you know, we're actually thinking about holding some courses or whatnot just to kind of give our testimony uh, and let people know that this is attainable. Yeah, you're you're uh, what you just shared. Uh, it's funny. I was about to say the same thing two minutes ago, uh, but I knew I would fumble over it. So I'm glad I didn't say it so that you could say it way more eloquently than I would have. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, share with our listeners? Um, just if you're if you're in debt and you're struggling to get out, don't stop. That's my biggest advice. Do not stop. Keep pressing even if it's just a little bit at a time. And uh, if you all remember my previous interview with Chris, I said that, you know, before I met my wife, I was gnawing at that debt. <laughs> I was trying to chip away a little bit of a time at a time because I truly believe uh, that she would not have married me had I not been at least trying to get out of debt. So just keep going, keep pressing. And um, I would even add in there to trust God. Um, I was uh, blessed recently, a um, li- little less than a year ago, ago to get a promotion on my job. Um, so now that came with a raise. And then my uh, my uh, senior boss told me that, you know, she wants to promote me again. So I just want to keep pressing, keep doing uh, what I know is right and keep helping people um, to get to where I am, because, again, it is attainable. Well, I'm just honored that our podcast has given you a platform to be able to do just the very thing that you aspire to do, which is to share your story in service of others. And it's been so great to catch up with you, Lavelle. It is my absolute honor and privilege, Chris. I mean, I truly appreciate what you're doing and you are helping a lot of people doing what you do. And I know if they could write in or text or email you that they would let you know that. Um, you are helping them and they would thank you. And I want to thank you for all that you do for all of us. Our second guest, Nina, spoke to us back in episode 20. You can listen to her story by clicking on the link in our show notes and blog post. Her story detailed her journey of coming back from a dark mental place to turn her life around. Much has changed in her life since we first spoke to her, including her career and family. Let's catch up with her. Nina, welcome back to Real Stories. So glad you could join us here again today. And uh, during our conversation today, I just wanted to get an update for our listeners as to what you've been up to since we last spoke. Um, So I know when we last spoke, you were just starting a new job. I believe it was uh, working in the accounting field. Do I remember that uh, correctly? And if so, how did that go? Or how is it going? Uh, Thank you for having me back here. I'm pretty excited to give an update on what I've been up to. And um, so when we last spoke, I did start an accounts payable job at a telecommunications place. And um, I actually have a new job aside from that, but still in the accounting field. So I've actually branched off into um, a mental health center that I'm working at now. Um, so when I worked at the telecommunications place, it had only lasted for about three months that I was there. Um, overall, like 
the community, the workplace community with the people there was very, very good. But I felt as though my growth would be kind of stagnant where I was at. I didn't see a lot of opportunity for growth there. So that's why I kind of reached out to a recruiter to see what else is out there, even though I had just taken my first step into the accounting world, I felt like my potential could be elsewhere. Right now, I'm a senior accountant there. Um, and basically what I do is I, um, I work with all the billing with grants that come through the state to help with the homeless community here in Manchester as well as provide trainings to uh, the community and staff for suicide prevention. Um, and it's honestly so strange the way that <laughs> from where I came from banking perspective and having those like health issues in the past that I managed to make a complete 360 because I I had always told myself um, when I was younger, I did the nursing internship. And if I were to go back to health, I wanted to see how things worked on the back end of things. And that was about nine years ago that I had told myself that, but I never really pursued it. But it's just funny how I actually ended up there without um, even setting that as a goal. I kind of feel like my younger self manifested it. And now here I am doing accounting, which is what I wanted to do, but I'm also back at the health center. But more importantly, it's with mental health, which I feel like is a huge uh, part of my life now, especially from everything that I've been through. Um, I feel like I have a very meaningful job there and I feel uh, more purposeful with my life knowing that what I do at the center um, provides like better mental health services for people out there. And, and as I'm working there, it's also helping me grow as a person in my mental health as well. So it's been very beneficial route and, um, they're actually paying for my school. So I did start school. I remember at the end of our first conversation, you know, you were talking about, wanting to get into accounting and how that was a passion point of yours. And obviously, the meat of your first story revolved around mental health. So just to see those two aspects of your life kind of come together in such a meaningful way, is just it's just so exciting to hear. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, it, the game universe has like very funny ways of telling you where you where you should be. And this is, I feel like, it was my calling to actually take this job because <laughs> I just, it's better quality of life. Um, I feel like with my finances now, I don't stress as much as I used to. I obviously still have some debt. Um, and, but now that I'm in this job where I'm prioritizing my mental health, I look at these not I look at these um, obstacles as challenges where I'm hoping to achieve and uh, set new goals for myself to kind of work around them. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. And it's awesome when you, you have a situation where you have 
a little bit more means to be able to to do that. And so I was wondering, like, what what have your your goals uh, like? How have they evolved since we last spoke? I I, I jotted down when we first spoke um, some of your upcoming goals related to buying a home, getting a dog, eventually getting a nicer car. Have have has that changed? Have any of those things happened? Um. So none of them have really happened due to inflation. Um, obviously, after the pandemic, our economy wasn't so great, and then inflation had rose. And um, I actually had to dip into my savings quite a bit, and I got married. <laughs> so, and so when I did get married, I knew that our me and my husband's finances would be joint together. Um, including his debt and onto mine. But when I had thought about the aspect, I wasn't really afraid anymore because I had the tools I've learned and I've had the knowledge of how to handle debt. Um, and I wouldn't say correctly, but like more of a better approach than I used to when I was younger, where I would be wallowing and kind of, you know, feel burdened with that debt. But instead, I kind of look at it in a more exciting perspective where I'm like, okay, so what's next? What what are we going to do? How are we going to tackle this? And um, obviously, buying a house is still on my to-do list. I'm still living at the same apartment. Um, and it's just been, we've still been saving. We actually got in touch with a financial advisor um, since my husband works at a rise uh, at rise wealth management company and he gets financial advice for free since he works there so I said why not let's try it you know when I first met him I was a little nervous talking about all of our finances together and what that could mean for me because uh, like I had mentioned to you in the previous podcast I was in a relationship where I was paying, paying someone else's obligations but I think I was more afraid back then because I knew that that relationship wouldn't have lasted very long given that it was very toxic and I think that's really what it came down to was I wasn't really afraid of the money, it was more about the person I was with into that relationship and how I was going to handle all those um, challenges. But now when I found someone who I feel like is a part of me, um, I feel more secure and uh, where we both have very good financial backgrounds, um, or I should say financial knowledge, because we did meet through the bank. And now he's working at a wealth management company. And, you know, I deal with the financial billing at my place. So I kind of see how money flows. And I feel like nothing with the financial aspect between us and our financial advisor worries me because, you know, any anything that arises, we're able to tell him and he's able to like rearrange where our goals or how much we should be saving at that time. Um, for instance, this year, we have seven weddings to go to, <laughs> which is a lot of money. And um, we were kind of stressed out when we found out how much money we would be spending. And on top of that, we're going to our honeymoon uh, in Bermuda this year. 
and we did an all-inclusive trip. So in total, when we brought the proposal to our financial advisor on how many, like how much we were going to spend on these expenses, um, including paying taxes because we got married um, and we had to move some money around for like our four or three, my 403B plan I had to change, my 401k um, that I had previously, we had converted to a Roth IRA just to um, better help us like invest in our money. And from there, um, it, I had totaled, prob- we had totaled, I think about $12,000 that we would be spending in 2023 and that's not to include um everyday bills or payments so that's something that we had to factor in as well um which adam had all that information anyways so we just had we brought this up to him and i was kind of nervous that you know he was going to tell me oh you can't go on this trip because i'm planning to see my friend in Florida actually next month as well. And I, I thought that's something that I couldn't do. But honestly, in the perspective of things, it wasn't that much. We just had to um, cut back on our emergency savings for now because obviously our long-term goal of having a house is very important to us. So we haven't stopped saving for that, but we've had a little setback on our emergency savings for now just so we can get... Um, just so we can have those experiences this year with our family and friends and also be able to enjoy our honeymoon, which I'm very excited about. Um, so house definitely coming, coming soon. Hopefully um, the mortgage rates are absolutely insane right now. <laughs> so I don't mind waiting. Honestly, that's what he's telling us. He was just save, wait, until a better opportunity comes up and then we can revisit and see when we can start actually looking into buying a home. Um, So we're just waiting on that. As for a new car, I still have the same car. Um, I did get to drive a Tesla though, when I got married. What I love about that is right. Like, you know, you, you set this out as a goal and you were open-ended when you shared that it wasn't like, I need a Tesla by X date, but when it finally, when the opportunity arose, you still got got to have the experience. Like you may not financially be ready to actually buy a Tesla at this point, but you were able to at least experience that. And I think it's a good lesson for everyone as they consider some of their goals is just to think about like what's actually behind it. You know, you you were looking for a home, you were looking for a dog, has to do with family. So okay, so you got married. That's another version of that and and those other things I'm sure will still come into your life soon enough but it's just cool that along the way you've, you've sort of um reached different milestones that were kind of rooted in the same values that you stated when we last spoke right yeah it, it is quite interesting that I like I, I had mentioned before I feel like I had manifested myself with these goals and I didn't even like set intentions for it but it somehow still happened and it's because, you know, deep down, like I still have those um, wishes and I just, I try to manage my time and my money to make those things happen. And um, honestly, if it, it wasn't for my partner um, or my husband now, I can call him. <laughs> um, I feel like it, it, a lot of these experiences I wouldn't have been able to do without him. Uh, 
But honestly, I, I think myself first because honestly, I didn't think I was going to let someone else love me again after what I had been through other and let alone love myself. That was a huge thing was trying to put myself first, see where I wanted to go, what was valuable to me and, um, sharing that with someone is something special and it is it's nice having that extra income to kind of push those goals uh forward um and that was uh something that was still a little scary at first when we had last spoke i did tell you we opened our joint account um and uh listening to the podcast afterwards and he had mentioned um that opening up a joint account like you had asked them what certain instances like do you think someone is ready to uh, combine their finances together yeah Omari yeah I, I liked everything that he had to say about that because in the moment I was like so excited but deep down I was I'm like I'm a little nervous about this because I've been through where I had um, shared finances with someone before and honestly it just it we both weren't good with money at the time and it just, it went down the drain, but it's nice um, having someone that I trust and he, who is, who is as knowledgeable as me in financing um, and how important it is for us to save that he's able to keep up with the goals as well as me. And sometimes um, what Omari had mentioned, if in the legal aspect, like what happens if, if something were to happen, if we were to split, like, would it be 50-50 or not? And um, most of the time, I'm still labeling every time I do make deposits into that savings account, I do label what's mine. <laughs> I still put my name and which month I put this amount of money. I just like, I'm a very organized person now. So I love having that there. But in that case that, you know, something were to happen, God forbid, because I don't think, um, after this marriage, I would ever get married again. I, I just, I, it's so wholesome to have him. And the fact that he's there to support me is just beyond a blessing. Um, words can't even describe how I feel about him. <laughs> but I told him, um, obviously, we both have our goals. And as time passes, we grow different, you know, we grow in different ways and if we were to grow apart I just would want it to end fairly and it's nice having that mature conversation with someone and who understands like yeah if you know sometimes things aren't forever even though marriage is supposed to be forever but <laughs> at least that's what they stress in the ceremony but as as you know no nowadays like many many people are it's like very common that people are divorced and or multiple times divorced. They've gotten married multiple times. And that's why when I'm in this marriage with him, I'm not so afraid because even if something that like that were to happen, I still have myself at the end of the day. And I know what's important to me and he knows what's important to me and he respects my values and beliefs. So. Yeah. Just having those tough conversations even when they seem like the most remote possibility, I think just speaks to you, both of your, why, well, even though I haven't talked to your husband, just how much growth and maturity each of you have is just to to lean into those. Um, 
I'm wondering, like, were since we last spoke, do you recall any frustrations when it comes to your finances? You spoke of the inflation being one external thing that was in there, but any other frustrations that you've experienced? Um, yes. So actually, 2021 into 2022, I did experience going to the hospital a lot. Um, my immune system was not the greatest and i think i spent over definitely a thousand more than a thousand dollars in hospital bills because i just i had so many treatments to follow up on um and it's i just felt like it was forever it was um it was very very hard to get through that because i just felt like i wasn't going to get better anymore and a lot of it had to do with I actually ended up getting COVID-19. And that I went through every single symptom on the way for that. I honestly didn't think I was ever going to smell again. That was my, I think, my worst fear. Or taste again. I did lose my taste too. That was very uh, terrifying for me. And uh, luckily, I was able to gain those senses back um, and my strength. But even after... Uh, those couple of weeks, I was still kind of out of it and experiencing health issues for a few months even after that. Um, so it was like kind of like this whole roller coaster of uh, going in and out of the hospital. Um, how, how did your like had you been prepared for that financially at that moment when that happened? Uh, luckily, yes, uh, because I had all that savings. No, I don't have that as much savings as I used to, but luckily I did have savings, uh, my emergency savings with enough funds to cover those expenses. Um, because I, I did have, I did mention to you that I had to take a pay cut when I had left the bank. Um, and I kind of had to get used to budgeting with a new paycheck and how do you do a uh, budget like my regular everyday to day finances. And then all of a sudden, these emergencies that just kept coming up and then on top of that um you know traveling to las vegas was also a big expense because i was surprised i didn't know that i was going to get married so i ended up spending more money on that trip than i thought even though julian had covered most of it he had everything prepaid and prepared but still i was like oh well now we're married so now we we got to do all these things once in a um, lifetime, suddenly, instead of just a mundane trip. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so it was a little uh, kind of hectic for a little bit, trying to figure out how, how much money to spend. And it, it's actually funny because um, when I got back from that Vegas trip, I did get it into my account. And I was like, what is this? I had messaged my um, supervisor. And he was like, oh, um, since you're on vacation, you didn't see the email, but we got an appreciation bonus. And I was like, wow, this is very lucky because I just spent like a lot of money on this trip and they didn't know I was getting married either. So it's funny. And when I came back, I was like, oh, guess what happened? Oh, yeah, I got married. So thank God I got that bonus. It just, you know, went straight to paying my credit card. Unexpected <laughs> so, wedding yeah. gift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why. So like my savings and my credit card debt actually did go up because of, um, those expenses. And uh, I was a little nervous about those balances getting up 
high on my credit cards again because I knew it took some time getting them paid down. You know, that relief, you're like, oh, I'm done. But now it's up again. And um, now the, I feel like I've grown so much where viewing that isn't, like I said, so scary because I know what to do and how to like budget and um, with anything that, that comes my way. It's, you know, and I try to tell myself, like, what is my priority here? Obviously, my mental health is first, then my physical health, and then my my overall well-being. I, like, and that's another thing, too. I've been, since being out of the hospital, I've been trying to better my health and eating with inflation. Like, organic foods are very, very expensive. <laughs> I've been trying to eat fresh produce and um just because of my diet i actually really need it um that's something that my nutritionist uh actually stresses uh drinking a lot of water and eating a lot of vegetables and fruits and then when i go to the market it's like oh these strawberries are four dollars i'm like oh my god when did that happen over time it's just like i remember when strawberries were like two dollars like half that price (laughs) I think I saw a carton of eggs, no joke today, that was like $19 today for 36 eggs, but still, like, how is this even a thing? Um, But what it really sounds like as I'm hearing your story, Nina, is that, you know, life obviously is still happening, but because of some of the the intention and design that you've, you've put into things over the last few years, you've put yourself in a position to be more resilient uh, to those things. And obviously, as you said, when you got sick, you know, that's still going to be a very stressful part of your life. But at least it sounds like the finances were a little bit less stressful than they might otherwise have been. Yes, that that was um, a very big, the way that I had viewed my perspective, because I have, I've been through this before with debt, is just, it, it is quite amazing how I'm able to bounce back so quickly and be like, okay, so this is how I'm going to prioritize my expenses for like the next few months and try to stick to that budget as much as I can. Even if I, if I am out of budget a little bit, you know, then I'll just try moving some money around into my, either my next paycheck or the next month. And it's nice um, to have that all planned out for myself. Like I, I look, I have a monthly budget every, uh, actually set out for the end of this year. (laughs) just so I can stick to it. I want to reach my goals and I want to have those expenses. But, um, and like, like you said, life happens. And, um, I, I did have something come up recently where I've been having to go to therapy a little bit more. And I'm like, okay, well now I have to counter those co-pays into my everyday paycheck (laughs) and figure out how I'm going to fit that and juggle that. And luckily with, um, medical offices you know if something were to happen they could always do like a payment plan of some sort um so that's also very relieving to have um other people understand your circumstances and try to work things out with you or like for school um my uh work is paying for it and you know even they're, well, they're paying for tuition, um, so that doesn't include the fees. So I still have to pay for those fees out of pocket. 
and I still have to figure out like how much am I going to spend this month or how many how much money am I going to have to dip into my savings to cover this expense and then how am I going to replenish that within the next few months and having that changed mindset of how I'm looking at things instead of like oh no um I'm I need to pay this expense I'm going to go into my savings what do I do now 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 what you know instead of like panicking right away like I used to I'm like okay now it's time to problem solve and figure out how I'm going to rearrange my budget this year (laughs) that's so cool to hear because I mean at the end of the day that's that's such an important lifelong skill right we we can't minimize the unexpected in our lives that they're going to happen um but it really sounds like you've you know built this muscle in yourself that just allows you to hopefully plan as plan ahead as much as possible um when it comes to these things so nina i can't thank you enough uh, not only for your uh, vulnerability and sharing your story the first go around but to join us again and uh and update us uh on what's been going on in your life so thank you so much again for joining us thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure talking to you again Well, that's it for today's episode. Special thanks to Hero, whose music will play us out. As Lavelle and Nina reminded us, let's enjoy our journeys of financial wellness as much as our destinations. <laughs>